Hello, family, friends, and guests. Thank you for joining us on this platform, Church Online. We so appreciate you making time and joining us on this platform. We have just uh, gone over a week of lockdown. I hope you've survived it well. I hope that you are still in good talking terms with your families and your flatmates. I know it's been rough for some people. I want to encourage you to use this time to reset, to reflect, to recalibrate. Use this time uh, wisely to hear what God wants to say to you, to your family, to yourself, and to really take in all that God has for us in this time. I know that one of the reasons why we may be challenged by this time is because we are created for connection. God has created us to be people who can connect with Him and connect with others. We are created for relationship, to be in relationship with Him and to be in relationship with others. This is why today I want to speak to us about the meaning of Passover. As we get ready and prepare our hearts for the Passover weekend that is coming up, most of you know it as the Easter weekend, but biblically it is the Passover weekend. I want us to prepare our hearts with an understanding that Passover, it is about Jesus. It is about the relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Passover is not about the commercialization that we're seeing right now, how commercialized it has become with more focus on the Easter eggs and the Easter bunnies. It's, it's not all about that. It is about a relationship we have with God. Let me put it to you this way. Without a relationship, Without a relationship, all we have is religion. Without a relationship, all we have is religion. Therefore, as we speak about the meaning of Passover, I want us to go to this understanding of why did Jesus come to die for us on the cross. Remember that when we come together for our times of worship, for our times of fellowship, we're coming to praise and glorify the King of kings, the one who died for us, the one who gave it all for us. That's why we come together. That is why we gather. I must say, I miss the face-to-face -face fellowship of the believers, the ecclesia coming together, an assembly of believers coming together to worship God together. So when we come to church, it's not just a tick box. It's not just coming to church on Easter or Christmas. It is about a relationship we have with God. Without a relationship, all we have is religion. Our text today is from Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to be reading from verse 1 to verse 14. And the reason we take time to read the Word, it's because there is so much in the Word, the promises of God that He has for us, especially in times like this. So we're reading Exodus chapter 12. Please join me as we read Exodus chapter 12. I'm reading from verse 1 to verse 14. This is about the Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of the month. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's house and a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, and you shall make for you a lamb for a sacrifice. 
Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You, make, you may take it from the sheep, from your goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost and in the lintel of the house, and you shall eat it. They shall eat the flesh at night, roasted on fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it, its head with its legs and its inner part, meaning no bones must be broken. And you shall let, no, you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning shall burn. In the manner that you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff on your hand, and you shall eat it in haste, it is the Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you, on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you or destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout the generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Friends, from this text that we've read, we learn a few very, very important things about the Passover festival, which speaks of the Passover, which is called the Pesach in Hebrew. The background of the Passover festival is that the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. And while they were still there, um, something very peculiar happens. Joseph dies, and the king that arose, he sends them into slavery, not knowing the history that Egypt has with Jacob with Joseph. And on this history, we discover how they mistreated the people of Israel, how the Egyptians mistreated the people of Israel, putting them into slavery. But even through the time of slavery, God looked after his people. God took care of his people. It was during this time that the Israelite cried to the Lord. We read in Exodus chapter 2 on how they cried to the Lord and said, God, please deliver us from this people, deliver us from the Egyptians. And in that moment, the Bible says God heard their cry and God came down. The Bible emphasizes the point that God came down to rescue them. And this is how God came down to rescue them. God visited Moses. And um, the way God called Moses, it was uh, in a very peculiar way. The Bible says that Moses was out looking after Jethro, his father-in-law's uh, livestock. And while he was out there looking after it, uh, he saw a burning bush, but the bush was not consumed with fire. And I believe that God was showing off his power to Moses and saying, Moses, I'm calling you. I'm a God of the supernatural. I'm a God who creates and forms miracles. I'm a God who's bigger than the challenges that my people are facing in Egypt. We continue to read in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, how God used these words that I believe are so pertinent and important to us today. 
These are the words that God uses. He says, I have come down to take my people out of the land and to bring them up to the land of promise. There are two very important words that we read here. God is saying, I've come to take them out. First thing that God wants to do is to take us out of slavery is to take us out of the world. And some of us, we may have been meddled too much with the world. God wants to take us out of the world first before he takes us up to the place of promise, to the promised land that he has for you and I. If you find yourself in that place where you might have meddled too much with the world, you might have found yourself in a place where God doesn't want you to be, it is time to come out. It is time to come up to where God has called you to be as a child of God. I like the words that uh, God gives to Moses. He says to Moses, when you go to Pharaoh, you must say this to him. Let my people go so that they can serve me. Let my people go. God was saying, I have seen the affliction of my people. I have seen how they've been treated. It's time for them to go. It's time for them to come out of slavery. It's time for them to go into a place of freedom, into the promises that I have for them. We read in Exodus chapter 4, this is still part of the backdrop of the Passover, how Moses comes up with excuses and he's saying to God, God, I do not know how to speak. I am not eloquent. I don't have what it takes. And God's answer was very kind and compassionate. No, 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 no. It was not. God responds like this to Moses. He says, who made the man's mouth? Who makes him mute? Who makes him deaf? Who makes him blind? Who makes him see? God is simply saying that, Moses, I am with you. I will be with you. I will put words in your mouth of what you are to say to Pharaoh. But Moses still felt like he doesn't have what it takes. Like most of us, when we face with challenges or when we face with real-life situations, we feel like we don't have what it takes. I want to remind you today that we have a God who answers by fire. And the Bible says he keeps his promises. He will see you through. He will give you all that you need for the task that he's giving you. Moses continued with his excuses. And the Bible says, in anger, the Lord says, that's fine. You can go with your brother Aaron. And Aaron will help you to communicate and to speak to Pharaoh. And the, con the story continues that when they got to Pharaoh, they performed some signs and wonders. But Pharaoh would not let the Israelites go. And some things followed after that. The plagues followed from water turning into blood to frogs to locusts. All these kinds of plagues that plagued the Egyptians. Even then, Pharaoh hardened his heart. But I'm challenged by these words in uh, the Bible that says that God said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And I ask myself, why would God harden Pharaoh's heart? And I believe one of the reasons God hadn't Pharaoh's heart was to show his power to the Israelites, to show that he's a God who answers by fire. Let me remind you, without a relationship, all we have is religion. God doesn't want us to just have a religion. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He wanted the Israelites to know what kind of God he is. The tenth and the final plague was death and blood on the streets of Egypt. Said to say that because Pharaoh did not listen, it costed him a lot. It cost him a lot. We read how even his son, the firstborn of the Egyptians, died, including Pharaoh's son, died. We read how Pharaoh at this point says to Moses and Aaron, 
take the Israelite, now you can go. But at that point, this is what we read in Exodus 12, verse 13. God is saying, this is how you are to prepare. The night before you leave, the night before you go to the place of promise, this is what you must do. You must take a lamb, and there's a few regulations, there's a few things that God speaks about this lamb, not knowing that this lamb is actually pointing to the true lamb of God, Jesus. It says this lamb must be unblemished. It must not have any blemish. This lamb must not have any broken bone. And this lamb is to represent the days of slavery and how God is taking you out of that to a place of freedom. I want to read for you again Exodus 12 verse 13. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you or destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This very, very important words. No plague shall befall you to destroy you. This is what's happening now. Middle of the night, the angel of death is coming. And as it is coming and killing the firstborn children of Egypt, this is what happens. The Israelites are saved because they had the blood on their doorpost. I like how scripture is saying that they slaughtered the lamb to remind them that it is through the blood of the lamb, it is through the blood of the lamb that we are protected. The Israelites were protected because of the blood. Listen to these words. No plague will befall you. No plague will destroy you. Challenges will come, but they will not destroy us. Tests will come, but they will not destroy us. Trials will come, but they will not destroy us. I like Psalm 91. Verse 10 to 11, because you have made the Lord your dwelling, you have made the Lord your place of refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague shall come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. My prayer to those who are under the blood of Jesus is to recognize that you are safe under the blood, is to recognize that no plague will destroy us, no plague will come near our tents. But I also want to pray for those who are not under the blood of Jesus. Make it a point today to come under the blood of Jesus. Make a decision to follow Him as Lord and Savior of your life and no plague will come to you. This is not to suggest that the coronavirus is a plague. This is just to say that when challenges come, you know that you are safe under the wings of the Almighty God. I want to bring your attention to this uh, very important part of this verse that we've read. The Bible says, God instructed the Israelites to put blood on their doorposts, first on the lentil above and on the two sides. So on the two sides, it means that it gives us a picture of the cross, the relationship that we have to have with God and the relationship we have to have with one another. We were created for connection. We were created for relationship. We were created for relationship with God and with one another. That is why we struggle when we don't have that connection with God. That is why we feel like something is missing when that connection and that relationship is not there. So the meaning of Passover, it's all about a relationship that God wants to have with us. The meaning of the cross, it's all about the relationship God wants to have with us. Without the relationship, all we have is religion. So I want to show you how Passover connects to the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ. It so happened that Jesus was crucified on the Passover festival. 
he was crucified on the festival of the unleavened bread. So the very same things that we read about in Exodus chapter 12, speaking about the Lamb of God, we see in Jesus Christ. So therefore, the Passover is pointing us to Jesus, is pointing us to the relationship God wants to have with us. The first thing we, we see in the Lamb that died in the place of the firstborn of the Israelites, the Bible says that Jesus died in our place. He died on the cross in order to reunite us with God. The Bible says that he was a lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Before the earth was formed, God knew what was going to happen. And he planned that his son, Jesus Christ, who was the firstborn of all mankind, even before Adam came, Jesus was there. He was the firstborn. He died for us. The second thing we see about a lamb without blemish or no broken bones, this is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. For Christ, our Passover lamb, Jesus is our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. 1 Peter 1, verse 19, the Bible says, You were ransomed with the precious blood of Christ, like that lamb without blemish or spot. Jesus is the lamb without blemish or spot. Jesus is a lamb with no broken bones. It was prophesied in the book of Psalms that he will be a lamb with no broken bones. The third thing we read in uh, Exodus 12, that the Israelites had to take the unleavened bread. And you ask yourself, why the unleavened bread? It was because they had to eat in haste, because they were to go in the middle of the night. They had to eat in haste, and therefore there was no time to get the yeast into the bread. But also yeast represented sin. And this spoke about the cleansing that God wanted them to have, the purity of heart that God wanted them to have. So this is to say that Jesus was the bread of life. Jesus was that unleavened bread who died to take the sin from us. As we continue to read, the Bible says they had to take the unleavened bread with bitter herbs. The bitter herbs reminded of the Israelites of the bondage they had in Egypt. It reminded them of the punishment. It reminded them of the slavery, bitter life that they had to live in Egypt. But in Jesus Christ, we don't have to have the punishment. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Therefore, we don't have to have the punishment. And lastly, the blood on the doorpost. Jesus is seen as the lamb slain for the sins of the world. Just as the blood on the doorpost protected the Israelites from having their firstborn killed, Jesus is seen as protecting us from eternal death. We have eternal life because of Jesus Christ. I would like you to remind, I would like you to remember these words. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the cross, I will cross over you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the cross, I will cross over you. The cross has become the symbol of our Christian belief. So it means that when Jesus was on the cross, he took care of all our sins. He took care of all our diseases. He took care of all our sicknesses. Therefore, when we raise the cross, we say, thank you, Jesus, for the victory that was won for us on the cross. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the Passover. God did all this because he wants a relationship with us. Without a relationship, all we have is religion. I want to close with this uh, scripture in Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed 
for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Jesus took the punishment that we were supposed to bear. He was the lamb that was slain for the ransom of our sins, for the remission of our sins. I believe what is going to see us through the challenges we are facing and the current trials and tests we are facing is this one thing, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God. So if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, make it your point today to give your life to Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. He is the Lamb that was slain on the cross. He is the Passover Lamb. He's the one that died for you. All He wants is to have a relationship with you. Remember, what is going to see us through this crisis that we are facing? What is going to heal us? What is going to bring solution to our economy, to the problems we are facing? Is this one thing, our relationship with God. So if you don't have a relationship with God, we want to give you an opportunity to send a message to this number that is on the screen. We will get our counselors to contact you and start a journey with you and help you to have a relationship with Jesus. So send your number. Send us a text message. Send us a WhatsApp on the number that's on the screen. Then we can start a relationship with you. I want to share a story with you about how God wants to have a relationship with us. A couple of years ago, I was coming home from work and uh, in our old house, we had two gates. The first gate was remote controlled and the second gate, we used a lock to lock it so that the kids won't have to go to the swimming pool. And the one afternoon I, I got home, I opened the remote gate and I drove closer to the second gate. And as I arrived at the second gate, uh, I saw Zinzi, my daughter, running towards uh, the car and the gate was locked. And as the gate was locked, uh, Zinzi was getting frustrated and I'm trying to find the keys and I don't have the keys. I'm also getting frustrated. I can't get to my daughter. And uh, at that point in time, I don't have the keys. The gate is locked. Zinzi starts crying. She's like, Dad, I want to get to you. And at that point, I jumped the gate. I jumped the gate to get to Zinzi. I did not want to let the gate, the barrier, to stop me from getting to my daughter. And I believe that's what happens at times is we have led sin to create this divide between us and God. Remember that God came down. Jesus came down and he jumped the fence. He jumped the gate so that we can have a relationship with him. So if you're finding yourself in that place of a distance between yourself and God, he has jumped the gate for you. He has jumped the fence for you. Remember that the, the curtain in the temple was torn apart when Jesus died on the cross so that we can have a relationship with God. God bless you. As we continue in these times of trials and tests, we know that God is with us. Thanks, Pastor Sire, for a fantastic sermon. Uh, folks, thanks for joining us this morning. It's been absolutely wonderful having you with us on Church Online. Don't forget that you can still give using the online services and SnapScan. Other than that, we're really looking forward to you joining us on Friday when we have our Good Friday service. Uh, thank you for joining us again and have a wonderful Sunday with yourselves and your families. Amen.